Welcome to episode 49 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome to episode 49. 49. 49. It's going to be a little different this episode, isn't it, Jeff? Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You know what we've never really talked about? What? Is how the sausage is made oh, on this podcast. behind the, but BTS, as the kids say? Now, I, I, I don't think people know about any of this because we don't really talk about how this beautiful, pristine <laughs> audio experience reaches your ears. Exactly. You might think, for example, that Gabe and I are in the same room. We are not. No. No, we are in our respective offices. Yes. Is that a fair yes, characterization? yes, yes. We record this thing remotely, and then, well, I mean, Graham taught me how to do this when <laughs> uh, we were first putting this thing together. He said, do a sync clap right. at the beginning of the podcast. So I count one, two, three, and then we clap. And then I take the two tracks that we have each recorded individually in Audacity, and then I smash them together and line up that sync point. And then... Hours of editing ensue. Oh, yes. Because I have a lot of rules about the podcast. <laughs> and Gabe knows this. Oh, yes. There are no ums. Nope. There are no, none of this. There's none of that. <laughs> There's none of that. None of that. Nope. For And I like the episode to be pretty much an hour. Right. Pretty much an hour. And I also often go in, I don't even think Gabe knows this part. If I have made a factual error, I go back and loop it. Oh, you know that? my goodness. Oh, oh, my goodness. Not sure Gabe knew that. Oh, my goodness. Because Gabe doesn't get to loop his factual no. errors, but I will tell you this. <laughs> Gabe has never made a factual oh, error. Oh, no, yes, I have. 49 but I, episodes. But I admit it, remember? Oh, what was that? 47, 47 years ago. Oh, yes, ago. <laughs> that's true. But that was amusing. That was an amusing factual error. That was not because you're an idiot like I am. Anyway, yes. I spend... Hours and hours, meticulously oh, yes. editing each episode. So when it reaches your ears, it is devoid of ums or clicks or distortions of facts. Well, guess what, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the um factor. <laughs> yes. Here's the story. Uh, I have, see, you just heard an uh. Yeah. Here's the story. I have two new jobs. Yes, he Simultaneously. Does. Yep. I am working on a new NBC comedy. And I am also writing a screenplay for a movie. And I'm doing both of these things simultaneously and on the same deadline. Uh, That is a blessing. I am so grateful. But it means that I ain't got time to do eight hours of editing, baby. I ain't got the time, baby. Um, And so this is what we are calling our unplugged episode. Oh, yes. It is going to be unedited. There may not even be a mailbag queue. Okay, right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We are going to record this. And I'm going to edit it all in one night. I'm going to ship it off to Gabe for his approval, and it could go up as soon as tomorrow morning. Oh yes, we're this is a quick. It's going to be quick. Is that what you think we should do? Mm-hmm. Should we just put it? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Let's so go for it. You're going to get a little glimpse behind the curtain, and guys, I got to warn you, it may be this way <laughs> for the next like three or four shows. I know we talked about episode 50 being this blockbuster that was going to transcend. Oh, it will be. You wait. You wait. It's going to happen. Well, Gabe has a plan oh, yes, for this. I, have I, don't, a plan. I don't know what he's planning. I have a plan. But uh, anyway, all of which is to say, Jeff and Gabe unplugged. Here we are.
I dream of cameras unplugged. Here we are. Now, wait, before okay, you go on, yes, before you yes, go on, can, yes, we just, oh, thank God. can we just talk yes. a little bit about 49 years ago? <laughs> yeah, thank God you're ready to talk about 49 I, years ago. Gabe, <laughs> what's 2023 minus 49? It's 1974. 1974. Yes. Are you sure about that? Yes. 1974. Yes. Not, uh, were there any notable photographic events it's of 1974? It's insane that you asked that. It's so crazy. Wow. But here's something I did want to discuss about 1974. I yes. decided instead of going for the usual suspects, I wanted to ask you about cameras yes. that I have never used that came out in Ooh. 1974, ever. Like, I've never, ever used them. And I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I got to ask Jeff if he's ever, ever use these i'm excited okay you ready this is great here yeah, we go i'm so excited yeah the fujika st901 oh my god let me tell you something oh guys. this is exciting i don't think we've ever talked about fujikas no on this show no i am fascinated by the fujika st701 801 and 901 i remember when these cameras came out they were cameras with electronic exposure right I believe they are aperture priority automatic. Is that correct? Aperture priority auto exposure. Okay, good. See, I'm not going to go back and loop that. No, you're not. I'm wrong. Okay. And the key thing was like LEDs in the viewfinder yeah. and electronic control. These were really technologically advanced cameras. I believe they were also, are they M42 screw mount cameras? I believe they are. Yeah. So I remember being fascinated by these, but I have never actually used one and i am always hoping that one will turn up like on the used table at a camera show or something because i would buy one in a heartbeat i think they're incredibly cheap yeah right yeah don't these definitely. go for like 30 40 bucks right now yeah. that's exciting you, uh, so you even know it i'm so yeah. happy that is the long answer to your short question okay, i'm fascinated with fujikas you have never used one either never never oh Gang, out there in listener land, do we have any Fujika partisans? We I would it. love to hear from you. Am I wrong? Because <laughs> my familiarity with this camera is entirely based on having read about them in photography magazines right. and photography review yearbooks and so forth. Oh, my God. You're making me want to so go get So excited. One. Okay, ready? Here's, okay, the, here's so the next 74. one. Keep here's going. Here's the next one. The G-A-F-L-E-S. Oh is that a rangefinder camera or an SLR? I believe it's an <laughs> SLR. I mean, you know, I, I was so fascinated with GAF because I really uh, forgot what GAF stood for. Remember the Henry Fonda yes, commercials? Total, 100%. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, um, yes. I believe the Viewmaster was marketed by GAF. Yes. Am I right about you're that? You're absolutely in the correct. States? Yep. I will tell you, I am aware of the GAF. I am not sure I have ever seen one of these in person. Okay. I feel like they might have been manufactured for GAF by some other company like Chinon oh, or something oh. like that. Let's... Now, that is a wild guess. <clears throat> Are you? Gabe is frantically Googling. No, no, no. What, so what What I have is this. It's camera brand name adopted by Ansco after 1967. Oh, Ansco. There you go. Right. So it's an American-made camera. Right. Some GAF cameras yeah. were also branded and Scomatic, GAF right. was okay. also corporate owner of Lenko Photo Products, a company yeah. that distributed okay. photographic paper under the brand Lentar. 
Interesting. Okay. So I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. A metal body single lens reflex 35 millimeter camera marked under the GF brand is a rebadge Shinon CE. I am unbelievable. You're a genius. Wow. Absolutely. I am unbelievable. How about that? Um, you know, I steered clear of GAF and chin-on cameras, for that matter. But and why? And I know there are a lot of people, I just, they didn't excite me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how I am, Gabe. Right. It's all about the logo. Oh, yes. It's all about the logo. It's got to look that good. That lowercase GAF logo did not appeal to me. I think I sensed that it was an American-made camera. <laughs> I, sorry, guys, have never been that enthusiastic about American-made cameras. Right. Sorry. Uh, so no, I have no experience with these things. Again, we put it to the gang in listener yep. land. Is this a lost classic? It's another one. I, as I said, I have heard about people who use chin on SLRs and say they're excellent and that the lenses are quite good. So I'm curious about that too. This is amazing. Well, what this a good is, here's cavalcade. A, here's another one. Here's another one because yes. I think to me, if I was betting that you have used this camera, but I don't know. You ready? Okay. The yeah. Canon Datematic. Oh, is that a point and shoot? <gasps> it's a compact rangefinder introduced in yeah, 74. No, never used it. Oh, never wow. Used it. And it had Canon a five element Datematic. 40 millimeter lens. That's why I'm sure oh, you used it. Oh, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Is this roughly contemporaneous with like the G3 QL17? Or is that it I don't know. that camera? I mean, the thing about this was. was the whole thing was the date that it printed in wow. the bottom corner of the film frame. Oh, sure. Hey, does anyone use that anymore? Do you ever? Do you have any cameras that are date imprinters? Yeah, I just I it? just used one the other day, but of course it was 1982 or something. Was, well, that's the thing. You know, I have that. I have that Canon Sure Shot Owl date. Oh, right, and right. The, and the first roll through it, I made sure to use the date function. I think it only went up to 2019, right. which is not that's not, terrible, not so actually. bad. But I like that date imprint. I know that's like... It's fun. It's, it's totally it's, cool. I know it's infesting your picture area, but right. I think those things are kind of fun. It's cool. That's cool. Okay, ready? Not use that one either. Okay. Okay, good. Here's the last... Oh, well, one I know you've used. But, okay, this one is the yes. Pentax ES2. Oh, well, yeah, that's the, the updated Electrospotmatic. Right. Which is... Now, that is the camera that Penny Smith used to take the photo on the cover of The Clash's London Calling album, the Pentax ES2. Like the ES, my understanding is these are extremely unreliable cameras with advanced exposure systems that fail. That's what I've heard. Right. That's what I've heard. Um, Also, ES is not as cool as Electrospotmatic. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely true. But I'm still curious about it. Okay. Guess what else came out? Oh. The Rolai... 35T. Oh, with the Tessar lens. Yes. Yeah. Well, we love our Roli 35s, and but I have not. I had a 35TE briefly that I bought from somewhere, but it did not work properly. I returned it and I got my 35SE with the sonar lens, right. which I love. Oh, that's good. Okay. But then, nice. then, and then the finale is yes. two classics came out. Ooh. In 1974, Kodak introduces yes. Kodachrome 25, Kodachrome 64. Wow. Oh. There you go. Oh. Yep. I wish I had any recent memory of shooting Kodachrome. I mean, even in its heyday, it was an expensive yep. color film stock that I just didn't shoot that often. I didn't shoot color very much, but when I shot color, it was like Kodak VR 1000 or 100%. something. I didn't. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh, 25 Crazy, right? and 64. Those were beautiful film stocks. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's a really excellent <laughs> snapshot, as it were, oh, of goodness. 1974. Well done. Now, once again, okay, that was great. Very nice flashback. Once again, I find myself wondering, do we go into the mailbag at this point, or do we do our general topics and housekeeping notes first? What do you want to do? Let's do our general housekeeping notes. Okay. All right, I got a couple. Good. Just a couple. Let me tell you something. Our Minox show was incredibly well-received, okay? It was I really nice. I posted about it on a, yeah, the response to that show was incredible. I know, you know what stayed with me from doing that show hmm. was when we ran down the cost of shooting Minox, the cost of buying the film and then having the film processed by Blue Moon Camera and stuff, the fact that it was exactly the same as shooting Polaroid. And yet, these Minox cameras are precision instruments that you can get. I looked up the cost of Minox Bs yeah. after we talked. 40 or 50 bucks. Are you serious? For a Minox B. It is a technological marvel, oh and you gosh. can get one for 40 or 50 bucks. Anyway, so I was very glad that we covered Minox, and I wondered, I saw a couple of people on on uh, Instagram chime in on the I Dream of Cameras uh, Instagram feed and say that that episode had made them want to break out their Minox and start shooting with it again. I myself have one roll of Minox film in the fridge. I am going to put it in the camera. I am going to New York on Friday. That is the camera I'm going to bring. What do you think about that? You know what? <laughs> I have to tell you this because I've never shot one, first of all. Yes. but And it's very exciting to me. And of course, you know me, it's all about the case. Like I love the yeah. I love those leather oh, cases. Yeah. But there's something very appealing about the size of it and the fact that you you know, I was expecting a really crummy picture. When you yes. sent them to me, right. I was like going, Oh, this is gonna be ridiculous. And it was great. So that's something really interesting to me, and I'd love to experiment with portraits with that. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I think I told you that I have on the wall here in the hallway, there is a quartet of Minox photos that I took of my son when he was like eight months old. And these were taken with, I think, 25 speed back black and white. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong. It could be 100. It's not 400. But... You cannot believe these weren't taken with a 35 millimeter camera. Wow. The different shades of gray, the sharpness, it these little tiny lenses, these 15 millimeter lenses render beautifully. But that's the craziest so, thing. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, I'd be really curious to see what kind of results you got with a Minox. I um, try we it. did get two pieces of feedback I want to share. Yes. Um, one is a gentleman named Jim Anderson chimed in on Facebook to tell me, now we spoke of the Minox developing tank, which right. is a marvel, it's a developing tank. I, but Jim Anderson makes Minox reels for standard 35 millimeter sized developing tanks. So if you go on the Minox Facebook group and look for Jim Anderson, he is 3D printing Minox reels that look just like the 35 millimeter plastic reels, except very, very narrow wow. for that eight by 11 Minox film. So if you already have the tank, you just buy the reel and you can put three or four rolls in at the same time, because of course they're so narrow. Yeah, you but how hard is that to, to feed onto those things? Probably not in a changing bag. Oh, It's probably hmm. very similar. Interesting. So anyway, Jim Anderson, the other person who chimed in, JP O'Connor, 
corrected me because I had said that I thought that the 15 millimeter lens for the Minox was roughly equivalent to like a 40 oh. on a 35 millimeter camera. And I had a couple of people chime in to say, well, I think it's a little longer than that. I think it's a little shorter. He did the math. It is equivalent to a 48 or 49 millimeter lens oh, interesting. on a 35 millimeter camera. So it really is exactly like the standard lens that would come with a 35. Interesting, wow. right? That's so cool. Yeah, so um, maybe I'll lend you one of these. Oh, I'd love to see it. That would be so fun. So yes, anyway, um, I, we'd love to hear from more Minox shooters that were inspired to either get one or pick up their disused one uh, by that episode. But that was really, really fun. Um, one other thing I want to put out in the wake of that, that was our first kind of one camera themed yeah, episode in a while. Totally. What do you guys want next? There are a couple of camera brands we have yet to cover in our branded episodes. We have not done Minolta. That's one that somebody mentioned. We haven't done, this is crazy, but we have not done Kodak. That's crazy. <laughs> so oh, yeah. let's hear from you guys. Do you want a themed episode that is once again devoted to a single camera? Um, just wanted to throw that out. <laughs> right, there. exactly. One more other topic before we get to our uh, moderate mailbag. <laughs> so I was, you know, looking at the I Dream of Cameras feed and realized, ah, you know what? I haven't posted in a while. And I took a snapshot of my camera shelf and posted it <laughs> with most, but not all of my cameras. Yes. Most of them, about 43 cameras, as I recall. My total collection right now is probably closer to 50. There's a few more that aren't on that shelf. It became our most liked post ever. It's amazing. Like 600 likes. People went crazy for this thing. Yeah. Many people told me they wanted to purchase the entire top shelf, <laughs> which included an Alpa, a Pentax 6x7, a Roloflex TLR, and a Hasselblad X-Pan, and an Olympus XA4. That is a good shelf. I, I can't disagree That's with that. That's a good shelf. But why do you think that went over so big? Well, I think... Well... For me, I love seeing collections of cameras. Yeah. And I know when you see them and they're neatly put together like yours, not mine, but mine <laughs> mine will be making an appearance very soon. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting to see that, especially if you love cameras. You're just going, oh, my gosh, look out there. Per it, it really does look like a store like that. Yeah, that your shelving looks like a store. I was just surprised. I mean, they're not, I don't know. I have seen people post pictures of their camera collections sometimes on Facebook and they're kind of chaotic or oh, maybe they've had yeah. incredibly expensive custom enclosures right. made for them or whatever. But this is just a shelf, just a shelf. I don't know. It, it was it really good. neat to see what cameras people were excited about. And of course, I threw it to Gabe and I was like, dude, <laughs> where is your oh, it's equivalent? Coming up. It's coming up. Kids. Yeah. Are you going to do oh, this? Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I will also say, since we shamed our listeners for not participating <laughs> in the uh, portrait camera Some portrait did. Challenge, some did. A number chimed in, yes. and it was really, really great. So I want to throw it to you guys, because look, what are we, if not camera collectors and aficionados, post your shelf and tag us. Yes. I want to see it. I want to see it, okay? Whether you have 222 or 222, I want to see the shelf. I want to see what people have out there. 
it would be interesting and provocative, but I think it would also give us good guidance for like what machines people are using and what they're interested in. Yep. What do you think? I love that idea. That's great. So tag us, you know, where I dream of cameras on Instagram and post your shelf. Maybe the hashtag is me, my shelf, and I. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, so let's see that from you guys as well. Those were my housekeeping notes. I like them. Gabe. I think they're good housekeeping notes. Uh, there is one other thing that I was going to throw in. Yes. And I wanted to see if this has happened to you. Uh-oh. As you know, I offloaded a great deal of gear yes. all at once. Yes, you have. Um, I know it's coming. I can some, feel it. I've been I having feel it. Some, yeah, I've been having pangs. some pangs. Pangs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that I have remorse, but I am feeling a little like, for example, Canon AE1-shaped hole in my soul. Yeah. I was with you when you got that one, I think. Yeah, I know you were. Hmm. Yeah, and so was John Michael Mendeza. That's yeah, right. I, I let that one go. It was interesting. I found recently the purchase receipt for one of the lenses that I divested myself of, and I realized it was a lens that I had really only owned for about a year. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, I didn't shoot it that much. But have you <laughs> ever had a pang? I want to hear about your pangs. That's what I want to hear about. Okay. Talk to me. Oh, oh, I could go on for days. But let's let's start yeah, with, yeah, good, let's good, start good. with um a definite sale that killed me. Um, okay. I had a uh, G2 with the three lenses. The contacts. Yeah. The G2. What? With the three. Oh, I didn't realize. Did I not tw- know that was? That's an interchangeable lens camera? 28, 45, and 90, yeah. Wow. So you had the whole kit. Yep. And I okay. love that camera, and I let it go for so cheap. And How long ago was this? I, probably 10 years ago. And that wow, kills so me. You're still still kills me. But the one that really kills me more than anything is my um is the Mamiya 72. Oh yeah. That I got so I I think I paid uh a thousand dollars for that in the lens. And I think I sold it for the same amount, and I will never see that again. <laughs> That is really? one of those cameras that I just, I love that. It, first of all, it felt too light to me because I'm so used to Leica oh. M. So it feels yeah. like heavy. And then you pick up that 7.2. It's so light. You're going, oh, what is this cheap thing? But the pictures yeah. were so good that I took with it. And I would, that's another camera I would love to get back. That's one that. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Would two. you ever, would you ever reacquire it? Yes, I would reacquire it if the if the price was right. Or. I would trade for something. I think that would. Yeah. That would Are be you exciting. actively on the hunt right now for, for this stuff camera or Are for you... that camera? <laughs> for that camera? No, not yet for that camera. I'm on okay. the hunt for other things, but yes. By the way, did you know that I had a brief interaction with Chris Chu about his Fuji TX1? <laughs> oh, I love that. I just saw Chris. Okay, Chris, whom we love, incredible YouTube channel. He is selling his Fujifilm TX1, which, as you know is the champagne-covered equivalent of the Hasselblad <laughs> X-Pan. I offered to trade him for it, and oh. he did not want any of the things that I had on offer, but he did offer me a nice I Dream of Cameras discount. Nice. But ultimately, I decided not to do it. And he was like, why are you doing this? Right. Why and he did, oh, that? here's what he did say. He said, I might trade the Wide Lux. Is that why you wanted to borrow my Wide Lux, do you think? 
Probably, <laughs> probably. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. So like funny. I would be trading my other beloved panoramic camera yeah. for one that is essentially identical to one I already have. And so he was saying to me, why are you doing this? I said, because I know my X-Pan will fail. Oh, that's And I'm so trying good. to inoculate myself yeah. against it. But anyway, so you would see, I really want to trade. Guys, I have a, I love not a substantial amount of stuff left over yep. from my divest list that I have not divested myself of, including, guys, I am still offering up that Leica M3. Oh, yes. It's a good one. It's a beautiful Leica M3. Yep. Maybe you want to trade me a Mamiya 7S2. Is that what it is? 7S2? <laughs> 7S2, so I, I think. Mamiya 7S2, so I can lend it to my friend there Gabe there, babe. That's what I need. I don't know. I don't know. I want to trade, and I've never done a camera trade in my life. Oh, it's so much fun. I would love that. Okay. All right. Love but it. is there anything else you are actively on the hunt for? Yes. I am actively oh, on a couple of things. First of all, a fashion photographer I know was telling me about the Canon EOS 3. Like, oh. he said, you know what? You got to get into this camera. You're going to love it. Uh, simple, great stuff. You can use all your Canon lenses on it. And I started using it and I absolutely love it. So, what I'm really on the hunt for, and I have a shoot this weekend, but I'm trying to find the 51.2 L lens EF, and it will fit on my R5 and this EOS camera. And I just, I'm with an adapter, but I'm very excited yeah. to find it. I have messaged someone on Facebook Marketplace. They said it's available. I said I would love to see it, and I have not heard back from them, but who knows? Now you may be aware of this. I was only aware of this because I saw a couple of people posting about this phenomenon. Apparently, there is a run on fast lenses right now. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That there is this kind of cult of, I hate this term, the bokeh kings, mm -hmm. you know, for still photographers and even photographers who are you know shooting motion pictures right. they are looking for these very very fast lenses so they can get really attractive yeah. shallow focus effects yeah, totally and so whereas you could find an f2 lens or an f28 lens trying to find a 14 or oh, a 12 yeah. even like the off brands like a tokina oh my you goodness. know they're all getting snapped up i had no idea yeah, isn't that interesting? It made me happy that I hung on to my 55mm f1.2. <laughs> that won't work for you, will it? A no. Canon FD won't work for you because you want an autofocus. Right, okay. Yep. All right. But yeah, this is apparently a phenomenon. I had no that idea. That's fast a... lenses have really spiked in value. Wow, that's so the, interesting. The, um, the Olympus Pen 60mm 1.5 lens that was already fairly rare when I bought it <clears throat> See, that's a cough that I would have edited out. <laughs> um, this lens now goes for thousands of dollars. You're kidding. Thousands of dollars. A 60 millimeter 1.5. Incredible. And that's, I believe it is, well, it's one of the fastest pen lenses made. I believe there's a 1.2, like a 45 millimeter 1.2, which right. I never owned. Right. But uh, people go crazy for it. A medium telephoto with a 1.5 lens. Not a lot of them. That's so, impressive. Anyway. I love uh, that. Here's my interesting scenario. I'm not on the hunt for anything. Hmm. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not. But what? not on cameras. Okay, here we go. Ah, uh, uh, thank you. 
You know what I'm kind of looking for, even though I said I didn't want it, because you know how I am. Yes. The the 30 millimeter for the X band. You know this I don't understand. Okay, I un- yeah, I understand that you feel like it's missing from your um yes. arsenal. Yes, that's right. But it's really yes. not. I think you're fine. I think you've got you use that camera all the time. Like, how much wider do you need that camera? Where do you want well, to cover? It- I it's a completist thing. Mm-hmm. I think because there are three lenses available and I adore this camera, I want all the lenses. Right. I think I have this idea that somehow 30 is going to provide a very different feel than 45. I really don't even know if that's true. Um and you know the worst part, when I read really um comprehensive reviews of this 30 millimeter lens, people don't like it. Right. It is a 56 as opposed to the other two lenses for the X-Pan, which are f4. Right. It also vignettes quite severely. So a lot of people say, don't shoot with this lens unless you have the center filter, which means you're giving away another stop. So it's effectively a 30 millimeter f8 lens. Wow. And it requires an external viewfinder. That ain't no fun. By the way, I don't know if that external viewfinder has a rangefinder in it, but... If it's the kind of thing where I have to focus the rangefinder in one window and then look through another window for framing, I hate that. Right. So I know I don't need this thing. And I know it's also profoundly expensive. And I had one bookmarked that they were selling on Adorama for 2500 which is low for that lens. And I went back. I was like, all right, nah, I'm going to do it. Right. And it's gone. Oh, you're kidding. It's gone. Oh, wow. Oh, you got to jump on yeah. these things then. I know. So, you know, I've had good success adapting the uh, Nikon tilt shift lens. Right. Which is a fast lens. That's a 2.8. That's faster than the Hasselblad lenses. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm, that's the, oh, yeah, that's the only thing I think I'm actively on the hunt for. Nice. Except, wait, there is another thing. Oh, no. Which? Okay, I'm going to mention a camera to you you will probably never <laughs> have heard of. Do you know the Nikka 3L? The Nikka 3L. No. Yes. I don't know. Does Nikka mean anything to you? It sounds familiar, but no. Okay. Nikka, N-I-C-C-A, made Leica copies. Oh, yes. No, you're right. I know. Yes, 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 yes. yes. They made Leica screw mount copies. Um, It was the precursor, I believe. Okay, this is one of those things I would edit out and change if I'm wrong. To the Yashica. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the most evolved version of the screw mount Nikka was the 3L, which is so pretty. Gabe, look up this camera, Nikka 3L. It is so gorgeous. It is like a mid-century modern Leica M3. (laughs) It's got a black enamel wraparound kind of shelf on the top oh it says yeah. nika in sans serif type oh yes white i've on seen black. this yep it is so sexy by the way apparently the finish on this camera wears very very poorly and so it's been very hard to find one in good condition they tend they're pretty expensive this is like an 800 hundred dollar camera i've yet to see a perfect one but i do keep checking on ebay and they don't turn up that often what's the reputation it's supposed to be a very nice like a thread mount camera like you know, like a lot of Leica clones of the day. Looks just like it. Yeah, nothing super special. You know, I don't think it has slow shutter speeds. I don't think it goes below a 30th. 
So I well, do love know. the um the black portion. Yeah. Yeah. This is a cool, cool camera. You guys should look it up. Yeah. 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 Apparently it was sold in the US also under the name Tower, which was Sears's house brand. Oh wow. Um, but and it same thing. Tower, white on black on that black wraparound part. But uh Nika is a cooler word than Tower. <laughs> 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 I'm so bad. Uh, okay. All right, Gabe, I throw it to you. You were shooting the other day. Okay, I wanted to ask you about this. You were shooting the other day with your friend Scotty. <laughs> yes. And you were experimenting with motion blur. Will yes. you talk about that a little so bit? So much fun. Okay, so uh, there's so many photographers. I mean, you know, Frank Ockenfels, who I love and I actually yeah. know, who is a genius. Seriously, yeah. look, look him up. And, and, you know, his book is incredible and... But he does some blur and some slight blur, but he's an artist, like a true artist. And I knew um, a bunch of other photographers that were doing this motion blur that I loved, some in the 60s and 70s, and I just loved the look of it, that I called my friend Scotty Thompson, who I love, who's an actress and very talented, and I said, look, I want to shoot some blurry pictures. <laughs> she goes, okay. Yeah. So I went over there, and we just shot with natural light, and just tried a bunch of stuff and we came out with a lot of cool stuff and she just posted something a, a few hours ago of a comp oh, okay. compilation of some things that we did but what's her uh instagram handle? i think it's just scotty you i think know? it's just her name scotty thompson or i am scotty i think that's what it is okay all right and um it was so much fun i did it with the like i want what the plan is this i want to experiment with the m10 and if it works out, which it did, I'm going to now start doing it with the uh, M6. So I okay, really wanted to do okay. it on film. Yep. I'm so you have set me up perfectly. I'm excited. I wondered about how motion burr. See, this is something. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I wondered about how motion blur renders on a digital camera like the M10 versus a film camera like the M6. My guess is it is quite different. Is that your experience? I can't tell. I'm going to start. I'm going to do the film stuff next week, but I just, I don't know. It was pretty good. It just felt sort of, I was getting what I wanted, which was nice, you know, shooting at, you know, one eighth, you know, yeah. and, and, and moving sometimes with Scotty, sometimes away from her. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's a cool it. thing to experiment. I got to be honest, something I've never done. It was really I just have I don't know that I've ever deliberately gone for motion blur effects. The only time I can think I've done it is with the wide lux. Right. Just to see what something looks like crossing the frame with that, you know, warped barrel distortion kind of image. Um, but uh, I'm very interested to see the different sorts of effects yeah. you get on film versus And it's digital. very different, you know, it's... It's there's blur, which is very un, sometimes unpleasant, but there's something about doing this in a beautiful setting where you get, you know, it almost looks like an art piece, like a painting. So I and I love it in black and white. So that's that's what I was going for. But, you know, cool. still experimenting, still learning. So that was really fun. And yes, I shot my first wedding this weekend. Ever, ever. You, uh, we should have set aside a whole episode for this. Okay, 
I want to hear about your prep, your scout, oh my your equipment. Oh, I mean, it was crazy. tell me all about it. So first of all, um, you may have heard of Rick Carter, who is my next door neighbor. Rick Carter is yes. a very, very famous production designer. He's done all of Spielberg's movies. By the way, we I went to see the Fablemans and that camera shop that is we that visited crazy? in Whittier yep. is in there. Yep. Right? Whittier? That's yeah. where it was, yeah. right? And Rick, yeah, yeah, Rick yeah. Was, it was so thrilling to see so it cool. after we had been to the shop. And Rick won the Oscar, the one person, he, you know, he does Robert's, you know, Zemeckis and he does, um, he does, uh, he went off and worked with James Cameron on a little movie called Avatar, which he won the Oscar wow. for that and won the Oscar for Lincoln. And now he's nominated again for the Fablemans. Um, just a genius. Anyway, he has a daughter, he has his two kids, Amy and Jimmy. And Amy is someone that I've collaborated with on a couple projects and she's very creative and, uh, she was getting married. She was getting married at one place, which was in central California. Beautiful place, but it was flooded. We had all this rain out here. So they, at the last minute, yeah. they have to change it. And they decided to get married right next door. So that was the best thing ever in the backyard. To your house? Yes. Fantastic. So the location was a location she, you knew pretty she well. She wrote to me and said, you're going to be happy with the location. The drive isn't far. So, uh, <laughs> so I went over there and we sort of figured out, and the best part of shooting my first wedding is guess yes. how many guests there were. Oh, I don't know. Eight. There were seven people total. <gasps> it was the best thing ever. Wow. Yeah. So it was, was it always going to be a small wedding yes, or did they scale yes. it down? No. But wow. Two sets of parents, Amy and, and Justin and Jimmy, her brother. Wow. Seven people. Gosh. And me. It was eight. So, but I was there taking pictures and I I used the Leica. I used the Roloflex. I used the Canon. Wow. And it was so much fun. And I know them. So it was so comfortable. And we did a bunch of flash shots and, you know, and it was just great. We, we you know, did sort of, you know, just shot. You know, she wasn't expecting like the usual, you know, very rigid yeah. schedule and on and on. It was very casual and, you know, we we're facing one direction and then she goes, oh, the sun's in my eyes. So he just, he just walked over to another area of the backyard. It was fantastic. It was beautiful and it was a lot of fun. Were you nervous? You know what? I, I was, the only reason I wasn't nervous is because there were seven people there. Like yeah, yeah, but like, did, like getting the kiss, oh, getting the ring on the finger, getting I, all that. I, what we did is we took a walk before they got married. Like we just walked out yeah. to the bluff. We just shot a bunch of pictures, then walked oh, wow. back, and then, and then did stuff in the backyard. And I got all those pieces and and uh, got all the pieces I had to get. But very, you know, not. It wasn't a. It was just I used the lenses I used. I just used the twenty four to seventy on the Canon. I used the uh m10 and the 35 and it was everything came out great and it was you know wow. even stuff inside the house and then we went then we went walking afterwards and then got the whole family it was just a lot of fun uh mostly film mostly digital mostly what digital i shot two yeah. rolls of um on the roloflex uh, i did one the right. 2.8 and then one on the 3.5 planar and it was yeah they were my faves. So it was really fun. That's so cool. And that's so was Amy's your only, favorite. Was your only film camera uh, role, TLR? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're, okay. So no like a 35 no, millimeter. No, not at all. 
Are you going to post any of these or are yes, these basically uh, for the family? Uh, no, only? no, they're for the family, but no, I will definitely post some. Amy would be yeah, happy I if I posted see. some. So uh, that was a, a ton of fun. Wow. It, how much, uh, how much like equivocating and, and second guessing did you did it, do about the gear that you were going to bring to this thing? Or did you know what you wanted I to bring? I knew what outside? I wanted because Amy's favorite camera is the Rolleiflex. Like wow. she had asked me to shoot and I, cause Amy and I have, you know, talked about so many projects together that involve film photography and, um, but she loves that camera and she's seen a ton of that stuff, but there was no, like, you have to get this, you have to get that. She said, just do what you do. And that was the most fun ever. I didn't feel the pressure until I had a mishap yes. before the wedding started. <gasps> And okay, I love it. Everything, I love a good mishap. Everything's getting ready. I pick up my Canon R5 and it's giving me an error message I've never seen. I don't know what this is. I'm in, you know, where I live. There's no not great yeah. reception. I'm in the backyard next door. I'm freaking out. I'm wow. freaking out. It's giving me this rest. I I'm I don't know what to do. So who do I call? My film gurus, my camera yes. gurus. So I, I put out the alarm to Chris Chu and Rafael Hernandez. Yes. Chris, I'm in a panic. Chris writes me right back. He goes, what, what, what? This is what happened. I picked up my camera. I can't shoot a picture. It's not shooting any pictures. It's giving me an error message. I, I pressed every button. I don't know. He goes, oh, yeah, your uh, the lens. Is, I know that it's your lens is a little just just snap it into place. I snapped it into place. All done. All fixed. Wow. So it was oh. an F007 or something like that or wow. whatever F00 was the error message. I would have been terrified. Chris knew right away and it was done and fixed everything. Oh, I love an easy fix. Oh, it was That's so amazing. good. And I just saw him uh, two days ago and I was just like, oh, you saved me. <laughs> Gosh, that's great. What a cool thing. I'm so fun. excited for you. Very exciting. Did this embolden you? If you were told tomorrow you got to shoot a wedding for 100, would you feel ready? No. Like terrified. No. Okay. I mean, if someone right. said, Hey, do what you do and we get what we get, you know, okay. that's fine. Yeah. But I'm not. See, I would be comfortable being the second photographer and I have been right at a couple of weddings. Like my friend, Jeff's daughter got married and I brought a Rolly 35 and I took, they had actual photographers there, but I was just shooting away on the Rolly 35 right. with black and white film in it. And I got a lot of shots that were super cool looking, that looked nothing like what the wedding photographer got. And the family was really grateful because it was like gravy. Oh, that's great. You know, so that, no pressure on me. Everything I delivered was delightful to them. But if I had to be the principal photographer, I would be terrified. Yeah, I get it. 100%. Yeah. Wow. How awesome. It was very fun. Cool. Very fun. Any other shooting adventures that you want to relay? Well, Scotty was great. I'm shooting um, an actor this Saturday, which is a real shoot. So there's going to be a glam, wow, gla cool. glam team over here at the house and a whole wardrobe team and a whole situation. So uh, it'll be very exciting. We'll see how that goes. What are you going to use for that shoot? That I'm going to use the same cameras probably. Okay. Cool. You know what I got to do? You got to force me to do this. What? Force me to shoot my Rolleiflex. 
Just force me to do it. You or have the, to. the Pentax 6x7. You know, I the Pentax 6x7 is sort of on the chopping block right now because I never shoot with it. I want you to force me to do some medium format shooting. Okay, we'll go out shooting. Perfect. Happy Just to do it. Just make me do it. Happy to I do it. I have so much. I have Aerochrome in my fridge. I have so much my super goodness. cool 120 stock in my fridge. I got to shoot it. Yeah, very important. You know what else I got to shoot that I haven't shot in ages? Hmm. Peel apart Polaroid. Oh my gosh, yes. You know why? I actually it's going to go bad. It is going to go bad. Yeah. And I look at it and I see dollar signs. Yeah, I because know. Because what I could do is take all those packs and, and put them on eBay. get another camera. By the way, I have a habit. I'm sure I annoy people whenever I do this. Anytime somebody posts on Facebook that they are selling Polaroid pack film, invariably it's like $100 a pack. Yeah. I always do the little hysterical laughing icon yeah every time they do it because the costs of these things are just it's absurd. crazy beans it's absolutely nuts so i gotta shoot with mine i mean i do donate it to polaroid artists that i like right like we, we love sent that yep. some to emily earl yep. we sent some to very uh, claire marie belly like yep. i i send it to lots of artists i like but i still have dozens of packs of this stuff and i don't want to convert it into dollars i want to shoot with it right we also, by the way, need to shoot with the the Nikon Speed Magni. Yes. You know that weird Polaroid back for yep. the Nikon yep. F? Yep, yep. Force me to do it. You got to do it. When I am out of the maze of this new job situation. Oh, boy. Guys, are you worried for the future of I Dream of No, Cameras? no. It's going to go right. on All and right. on and on. I want to get them worried, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate us. Okay. Well, I think we're going to do that. We have inverted the formula, Guy. Oh, my goodness. We have inverted it. We are now going to move on to our moderate mailbag. Now, there probably wasn't a music cue there, you know? Can you do that again? Probably Just not. do that again and pause. Okay. We're going to move on to our moderate... Mailbag. Fantastic. <laughs> That's all I got. We people. have a moderate mailbag, and I like that because it means I can read everything that these people wrote. First up, Brian McDonald. <laughs> that will never change, guys. No. Brian says, subject line, reverse Nikondo. Hi again. Nobody wants the gear I'm trying to offload. I feel sorry for it and may try using it to prove it can spark joy. This is some kind of weird voodoo Nikondo backspin I didn't see coming. I hope all your people in Georgia and California are safe. Best, Brian! What do you think, man? Is the is the reverse Nikondo effect happening? I like the reverse Nikondo effect. <laughs> I, you know, did you read, by the way, that Marie Nikondo? Oh, sorry, my God. Funniest the real thing ever. Marie. Huh? It's the terrible. real Marie. Talk about this. What was tell the story? Tell the story of what Marie, Marie is Kondo up to. apparently is a little messy these days. Let's just she's let's just, over it. Let's just say say it like it is. She is not a. I mean, of course, the way she announced it, it was very much like, oh, I'm not as neat. It's not about that anymore. Yes. I'm like going, yes, you must. That house must be the messiest house ever, and she couldn't be happier. I love that. I love that the icon of tidying has just decided she's no longer interested. Yeah, it's you know, so I'm good. having a little bit of this too. I have a lot of gear that I, 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 what do you do, gang? 
What do you do? Do you change your sales strategy? Do you decide to donate it? Or do you do what Brian did, which is rededicate yourself to shooting with it? I would choose the third, which is why I'm telling Gary to get me to shoot more. Okay. I know. Thank you for writing, Brian. Matthew Bellemare. Oh, wow. Very fancy. Well, it could be Bellemare. Right. I mean, I'm going to assume it's Italiano, Matthew Bellemare. He says, if you are both planning to be in New York in the near future, you should consider organizing a meetup or suggesting an event to the local beers and cameras oh. chapter or one of the camera stores in the city. At least one Connecticut bus. Huh, see, I would edit this. <laughs> At least one Connecticut-based fan writing this email would make an effort to get into the city for it. Gabe, should we do a New York meetup? Yes, I think we are going to do that. Let me just give you a little window into the New York beers and cameras. Okay. Oh, yeah. Give me a window. Um, They're amazing. They have loyal fans. Chris Chu just told me that he went to Beers and Cameras in New York. Yes. And it was packed. I mean, it wow. was, you know, as if it was bumper to bumper traffic in the bar or restaurant that they went to. I was so wow. excited to hear that. And I want to reach out to those guys and say, we should make a plan. Let's do a Beers and Cameras, I Dream of Cameras yeah. meetup in New York. All right. Yeah. I'm into this. Okay, I great. mean, I'm going to be in New York this weekend. I'll just say this. If this is a good trip, I might be in New York more. Yes. Which will definitely so, be in New York more. Anyway. That would be great. Okay. So, yes, thank you for that idea. Matthew, we are taking it under advisement. Next up, Tom Northenskold. Re responded to our request for what are your favorite film stocks? And he sent a beautiful email. Here we go. He says 95% of what I shoot is 35 millimeter. So he's only including that. He rates them at box speed, oh. including Portra 400. Here are his black and whites. Are you ready? Yes. Arista EDU Ultra 200, which is also Fomapan 200. He loves it, buys it in 100 foot rolls from Freestyle. And he included a photo with this stuff, which is nice. I have show, shot with Foma. <laughs> I have shot with Fomapan 400. Now you guys know how I actually talk. <laughs> I have shot with Fomapan 400, and I like it. But that's a good tip. Ilford HP5, sure, baby. He compares it to Triax, great value. He's right. FP4. This is a film stock. I gotta show more because I love. Plus X. It looks And FP4 great. is the modern Plus X. Yep. I have got to get myself to do that. Yep. And he says Kodak Double X, which he buys in 100-foot rolls from Ultrafine Online. That is exactly what I do. Ultrafine Online. 100-foot rolls are about 100 bucks. Love it. So anyway. Okay, color films. Portra 400, Portra 160, Fuji 200, and Kodak Gold, which he also calls New Fuji 200, which he says is lovely warm color palette, but darned hard to find. Ah, uh, interesting. I don't think, I mean, Fuji, if he's talking about Superior 200, I may have shot with that. I do love the Portras. They are so expensive now. Crazy. Good tips. Tom knows his stuff. His photographs are lovely. He wrapped it up by saying, for black and white, the choice of developer can have a huge impact. His favorite developers are HC110, sure. Adox FX39II. Do you know that yep. one? Yep. Wow. 
He said they're one-shot liquid developers that have a decent shelf life. He uses HC-110 for the faster films or when pushing and pulling. He uses the ADOX for the films that have a box speed of at or below 250. This is great. Tom, great email and lovely photographs, as I said. Next up, Peter Two Slashes. Peter Lovestrom. <laughs> two Slashes. Peter, let me know if I'm pronouncing it right. Okay. Guess where Peter's from. You're gonna, This is going to blow your mind. Peter Lovestrom said, Hi, Jeff. Seeing your post on Instagram with your camera cabinet reminded me of the last episode when you talked about your trip to Antarctica that was canceled. I want to offer you an alternative destination that is somewhat more accessible and potentially just as rich in wildlife. Don't know whether I mentioned in my previous emails, but I am from Greenland. Oh, you're kidding. That I would not have guessed. We... We have a listener in Greenland. That's so cool. He says, and I always encourage photographers or camera files to go there. My first recommendation is always my hometown, Umanak. That's W, that's two U's. Yes. U-U-M-M-A-N-N-A-Q. A Google search on pictures from there might help you understand. My God, Peter, I did that Google search gorgeous he said any town in greenland is greenland he said i believe this is a slide the first slide photo i ever took in greenland he linked to it wow peter peter <laughs> he is from greenland he lives in copenhagen right now but he knows greenland That's i amazing. love that yeah listeners has anyone else gone there i have been to iceland which is green and of course greenland is apparently icy he said p.s i love how almost all your cameras are chrome <laughs> you know me so well, oh, yes. Peter. Two slashes. Alan Perez just sent us a nice link to an episode of Sound Opinions, a podcast. They did an episode devoted to rock music about cameras and photography and an interview with a longtime rock photographer. Look at Sound Opinions. Go to that episode. I have not listened to it, but Alan has great taste. Thank you, Alan. Guess who's up next? Who? <laughs> Martin McPherson! <laughs> Here's what he said. Hi, guys. I understand the skepticism concerning Pentax's new film exploration slash expansion. I still maintain the only way to keep our beloved hobby going is new gear. And releasing just about anything would help. I'm sure part of it is Pentax trying to remain relevant as the mirrorless digital runs away from their obstinate insistence on DSLRs. I suspect they can probably figure out how to strip the digi bit out and put in a film plane, but who knows? I choose to be optimistic about it to the point of unrealism. You know, it's been interesting to watch this Pentax Fuhrer die down. Mm -hmm. Feels like that was like a bump and then... Uh. Uh, talking about... Books can be pretty dry without seeing the book itself, in my opinion. Video series. Gabe, are we ever going to do a video podcast? What it's you, happening. What are, we, what are you? Uh, that's is all it? I need to say is it's happening, and uh, okay. friends of the show will be involved. Okay. That's all we need to Love say. Love hearing that. Yep. Gabe is on the case. He says he's never owned a Minox, but a... That's Minox with a head cold. <laughs> I've never owned a Minox, but a dear British friend gifted me a Minolta 16-2. He says it's similar in design to the average Minox, but gives you both shutter and aperture control. Hmm. It's a lovely thing. Need to put some proper 16 millimeter film through it. I've never shot a 16 millimeter camera. Have you? Yeah. Huh? 
He said he tried re-spooling 110 film into the cartridge because 110 is 16 millimeter. Believe it or not, that had never occurred to me. And found that lamography pre-exposes frames on the film. At last, alas, he says, it was at least a proof of concept for re-spooling and load and shooting. Good to hear you're both feeling better and hear that fabulous accent. <laughs> Take care, Martin. Okay, great email. Thank you, Martin, as always, for writing. Any 16 millimeter still shooters out there? I see those Minolta 16s at used camera places, and I just First ignore of all, them. They, except, you know what? They so, There's some versions of those, Jeff, that remind me of the, um, the Minox. Okay. There's something God, about, into this. you know, where you, how you've advanced the film, and it's cool. I guess part of it is I do, do labs that we know process 16 millimeter roll film. That I don't, I don't know, know. What this is that I don't know. Seems like that's a process it yourself thing. Guys, if you're a 16 millimeter shooter, 16 millimeter still process it yourself, let us know. Finally, Care Fry responded to our portrait challenge with an email. He said, good day, dreamers. I know I'm a little late to the party, but what can I say? Analog photography slows me down. He sent a couple of pictures. One, let's see, the first couple are of my parents shot on the Nikon F2 with 50 millimeter 2.0. He said he forgot to change the ISO when he loaded the film and ended up pushing a FP4 to ISO 800. Not bad. I like it. Yep. He looked into stand developing and he did the Mortensen technique which was supposed to work with, have you ever heard of the Mortensen no. technique? Anyway, he linked to an article about it, supposed to work well with excessively pushed film, and clearly it did. He also said the last photo is a bloke I met while out on a photo walk around Brisbane. He was kind enough to let me take his photo when I asked. Same camera and lens combo, HP5 pushed to 800. Again, gorgeous shot. By the way, the gentleman is wearing a Jay Dilla Baseball cap. I love Jay Dilla. The new book on Jay Dilla, Dilla Time, is a great, great book if you're a music lover. Anyway, he said, it was definitely a new experience for me. I'm glad I gave it a crack as it took me well outside my comfort zone. That said, I don't think propositioning strangers on the street will be something I'll be doing on the regular. <laughs> anyway, enough of an essay from me. Thanks for the great podcast. No praise, please. Care Fry. Gabe, you got back to him about like your feelings about yeah, street shooting. Yeah, right? I, I think it's um it's it's never easy to approach someone, but you know, it gets easier. Like when I watch Sissy Lou in New York and yes. you know, how she does it and you know, she's always engaging and truly interested in, in learning a little bit about them. And I think that that's that's what does it. It's just your approach. Your approach has to be, yeah. you know, non intrusive and I think it works. Yeah. That, you know what I like about this, Care is I feel like you talk to this guy. And I think that comes across in the photo. Absolutely. There's a sense like you've made some sort of a connection. And I think Gabe's right about that. And that is the, the secret to how Sissy does what she does. Yeah. All right, Gabe, get ready. Because with that, we close our moderate. Mailbag. By the way. Fred Corey is the composer on a new show called The Ark, yes. which is on sci-fi. So if you are a lover of the music of Fred Corey, tune in to what is apparently an interesting and provocative show. It just debuted this week. There you go. How about that? There you go. Well, you know what? That may take us into rolling the credits because we have spent an hour being unplugged. We are unplugged. See, this would have been a tighter show had I edited it. <laughs> 
but it's not. More value for your podcast dollar. It's Gabe, so much fun. Okay, so we very much enjoyed this. Please know it may be unplugged episodes for a few. Well, we'll see what happens. The future is unknown. Let me just tell you that Jeff was a little terrified of this, and yes. it really went well. I'm telling you, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Okay, good. Hit us up, guys. We love hearing from you. As you know, our email address is idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Please fill our now empty mailbag. Yes, please. Uh, Gabe, who else do we have to thank? We have to thank for their the contributions infamous, to this show. Infamous Fred Corey. Yeah. And the infamous Keith Greenstein. Yeah. Uh, their contributions in giving us a look. Keith, thank you so much. And, of course, Fred Corey with the sound of our show. Can't thank him enough. Um, yes. That's our entire uh, team. Yes. Uh, I should also mention, as always, I mentioned our Gmail address. Yes. You can follow I Dream of Cameras on Instagram. We are I Dream of Cameras. On Instagram, Gabe Sachs is Gabe Sachs. On Instagram, I am S. Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. <laughs> um it's probably too late for you guys to get tickets to my performance <gasps> on Super Bowl Sunday. I believe it is sold out. But I have mine. There may be... Oh, are you going? Oh, I have my <gasps> tickets. Oh, geez. What's the date exactly? February 12th. Thank Sunday, you. February 12th at the Ruskin Theater in Santa Monica. If you want to show up and get in line for a day of tickets, I believe it is at 7 p.m., so get there early. Go to RuskinTheaterGroup.com. Follow the link for See a Show. I'm in a show called Library Girl, and I'm doing a monologue because you don't get enough of my voice on this show. <laughs> so exciting. Gabe, this has been I Dream of Cameras Unplugged. You're okay. Look, you made it through. I'm proud of you. We made it. This is going to be a quickie. Gabe, walk us out of here. Okay, so this is what I have to say. I, I have something to say as our final thought. Guys, Go to thrift stores, okay? And if they have a book section, go check out their book section because you won't believe this, but a lot of them have photography books that no yeah. one cares about. So I got this amazing Dwayne Michaels book that I've wanted forever at the local- I just ordered it. Oh, it's so good. At the local <laughs> thrift store, it's amazing. And I found all these amazing photography books that would be hundreds of dollars- for 10 bucks wow. or seven bucks. It's a You're great so thing. You're so lucky. That Portraits of Dwayne oh, Michaels book so good. that you uh, got, I paid a little more for yeah, it. But so the, good. The, the stills that you posted from that, I was like, I got to have this. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Dwayne Michaels' art. Yeah. But like, I did not know he did a portrait book. It is gorgeous. It's, uh, it's really exciting. And it's interesting because um, my friend Alan Zweibel, who I sent the picture to, I'm now trying to get that print. It, it print it. Uh, there's a picture of the original SNL cast and crew, and that team was amazing. And and Alan had never seen the picture before. And doesn't, amazing. He doesn't think Lauren's seen the picture before. So wow. I am gonna so try cool. and get a hold of it for them. But yeah, it was great. Cool. All right, say our goodbyes because that's it, gang. All right, you guys. We will see you next episode, which will be five zero something big is gonna happen. Stay tuned.